as we continue our sermon series, Mission of the Kingdom of God. Today we look at Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 16, the calling of the disciples and the healing of the leper. This is the word of God. And when he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. The grass withers, the flower fades, but not the word of our Lord. It stands forever. Amen. You may be seated. Everybody needs a job description. Your first day on the job, if you don't have a job description, there's no way that you can succeed at what you've been called to do. Maybe you're an employer, maybe you manage individuals. What happens when your people do not have clear instructions on what you need for them to do? You sign up for something like the prayer walk next Saturday. You need clear instructions. You need to know what am I going to be asked to do when I arrive? Job descriptions, can make all the difference in the world. In Luke chapter five, we have a very brief snapshot of the job description of the people of God. You you see, if you belong to Jesus this morning, you're not simply called to do nothing, but you're called to be on mission. You're called to ultimately be sent out. The actual word mission in Latin is missio, which means to be sent. We are a people that are called, but called to be sent out on behalf of the King, on behalf of Jesus Christ. And so briefly this morning, as we study Luke chapter five, I want us to answer the question, what is our mission, our job description? What are we called to do as the people of God. The first thing I want to notice in Luke chapter 5 is that there is zero unemployment 
in the kingdom. And that's good news. You see, when you are called to Jesus Christ, you, not just the professional clergy, not just pastors, but everyone who belongs to Jesus is to be sent out into the world, regardless of your profession, regardless of your age, regardless of your stage of life, you are in ministry. You see, what Jesus is doing here is profound. Notice what Jesus does in verse four. He comes to build his ministry, not with people from the religious establishment. You would think that Jesus would go to the temple, the holy people, the the professional clergy in the temple. But where does Jesus go? He goes to Galilean fishermen to find the men that would be a part of his ministry. What Jesus is saying to these men is that your work matters, that everyone can be utilized in the kingdom of God as agents of the king. But what's also fascinating about this passage, when Jesus approaches these ordinary fishermen, what does Jesus do? Notice in verse four, Jesus does not say, hey guys, I'm the new spiritual guru in town. I've come to talk to you about your private devotional lives. The first thing that Jesus says to them is I'm gonna teach you how to fish. No, literally, I'm gonna teach you how to fish. He says, guys, do it this way. Put the nets down, put them deep. What Jesus is doing there is profound. He is saying to professional fishermen that your work matters that your work has value. He's not saying that I just have a word about your personal, private, devotional life. I even wanna be relevant to your profession. I wanna be relevant to your public life. You see, Jesus has come to be Lord of all, not just our lives privately, but also our lives publicly. He has come to be Lord of every facet of our lives, telling all of us, whether we're a banker or an entrepreneur, whether we're a student or a stay-at-home mom, whether we're a realtor or the lieutenant governor of the state of Florida, you, if you belong to Jesus Christ, are in ministry. This is the mission of the people of God. What Jesus was doing was destroying that dangerous dualism between the sacred and the secular. He's saying to ordinary fishermen, I'm not going to the temple to find my men. I'm gonna go out to the far corners of the region, to ordinary men, to ordinary people like you and me, to build my team, to build this mission of advancing the kingdom of God. Everyone who belongs to Jesus is on mission from the moment of conversion throughout all of eternity. Yes, even at the consummation, we will have jobs and we will serve and we will work No longer will work be a burden because of sin, but now work will be a pleasure and a joy because we are serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. At the end of this service, you will be given a call to action from Love Life. And if you belong to Jesus, you have an opportunity today to say, yes, Lord, use me, send me as a missionary for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you belong to Jesus, There is zero unemployment in the kingdom of God.
The second thing I want us to see in Luke chapter five is that belonging to God and being on mission means that we are called to the most vulnerable. The second story that we read in beginning in verse 12 is the story of Jesus healing the leper. Now you can imagine the reaction of the disciples. We just signed up. We said, yes, we'll follow you. And Jesus, you do this? Couldn't you have started with something a little less controversial? I mean, you went and healed the leper? I mean, if, 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 we, if people find out that we're connected to you, it's game over. We lose our reputation. We re- lose our status. Why? In the first century, particularly a predominantly Jewish culture, a leper was considered an outcast. Not only did a leper suffer from a debilitating skin disease, but they were isolated from society. They were isolated from culture. They were marginalized. They didn't live with anyone. They were marginalized, not able to come into town, not able to come into the city to interact with other people. No opportunity to make a living, no opportunity to make money. And here's Jesus to the most vulnerable people of society, people like a leper who can't defend themselves, Jesus says, this is what the mission looks like. We're gonna go to the people that no one else goes to. We're gonna go to the people that no one else cares about. We're gonna be a voice for the voiceless and we're gonna defend those who cannot defend themselves. In the first century, there's probably no more vulnerable segment of the population than to be a leper. But I ask you the question, in the 21st century, who is the most vulnerable? It is not my opinion, it is fact, that the most vulnerable segment of our population is the unborn. 60 million babies and counting murdered in the name of choice. There is no more vulnerable segment of our population than those that in the womb literally cannot defend themselves. The leper, we're told here in the passage, ran into town to meet Jesus. At least the leper had that opportunity. An unborn child is not afforded that opportunity to run to Jesus. The question is, whose responsibility is that? It's the church of Jesus Christ, the people of God that are called out to go and to stand with those who have no voice. And look what Jesus does. There are other occasions where Jesus heals, but doesn't touch the person he's healing. We are told that Jesus touches him. He's giving us an incredible paradigm for ministry. He is saying, you can't just sit there and complain about injustice. You can't just sit there and complain about evil. You have to go out, roll up your sleeves, get messy, get dirty, go into the dark places of our world and our region and do something about it. Listen to me, it is not enough to complain about abortion. It is not enough to make statements like it is uh, the greatest human rights crisis of our day. If you are not willing to stand up and to serve and get engaged, to minister to moms that feel like they have no hope. We have no business complaining about abortion. We have no business talking about it. 
It requires us to not only speak up, but to act. Jesus touches the leper, giving us this beautiful picture of what the people of God are to do, not just speak about evil and injustice, but do something about it. Calling abortion murder is simply identifying the problem, but we are called, as Jesus shows us, to bring hope and healing and life and light to the dark corners of our world. It requires you to get involved. It requires you today to say yes to love life. We will participate. We will volunteer. We will give. We will show up. It requires you to vote. It requires you to make your voice heard, that you would vote for candidates that protect the sanctity of human life. This is our calling. But to say something does not solve the problem. We must be the people that go out to touch the leper, to touch the most vulnerable of our society. This is what we are called to do. This was the ethic of Jesus and the people of God that turned this world upside down 2,000 years ago, guided by an ethic that all people are created in the image of God. Your value is not based on what you do, not based on your circumstances, but based on the doctrine of the image of God in all people. It's what changed the world 2,000 years ago and what continues to change the world today. This is our mission, that all people are valued in the image of God. From womb to the tomb, this is our mission as God's people. Jesus brings hope and life to the marginalized, to the most vulnerable of our society, and he calls us this morning to go and do likewise. But the question I have for you this morning is how? How do you actually do this? How do people that are comfortable how are people that by nature are, are a little bit selfish, maybe some of us very selfish and self-serving, get out of our comfort zones and actually do what Jesus is calling us to do? Well, third and lastly, our mission must be grounded in the good news of the cross. You see, in this passage of Luke chapter 5, Jesus not only gives us a paradigm for ministry, Jesus not only gives us an example for how to do missions as people of the kingdom of God, but he also gives us himself. He gives us himself as our great substitute. You see, everyone knew what, ha what would happen if a clean person touched an unclean person. The clean person would become unclean, but not here in Luke chapter 5. Jesus touches, Jesus the clean one, touches the unclean, and it's the unclean that become clean. You see, what Jesus was showing us is that he has come into the world not just to serve us as our great example and as our great model, but as our substitute. It is a snapshot of the gospel of Jesus Christ that the clean one came into this unclean world. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The good news of the gospel is that we are worse than the leper, we not only have something that is physically, but spiritually killing us, our sin. 
And it would be on the cross that the clean one bore our sins as 1 Peter 2.24 tells us. And he suffered and died in our place so that Paul is able to declare that he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. It is remembering every day if you belong to Jesus Christ that you were estranged from God the Father because of your sin. But Christ came for you and for me. And that message of the good news of the kingdom of God alone will ground and inform and empower your mission as the people of God. If your mission is grounded by anything less than the good news of Jesus Christ, you will burn out and fizzle. You won't make it. It is waking up every day saying, I can serve the least of these because I was once the least of these in the eyes of God. But Christ did not turn away, but laid down his life so that I could forever be in the kingdom of God. Do you know him? Do you know this savior? Do you know this one who came to become unclean so that you could forever stand before God, spotless, knowing this, that although my sin be like scarlet, God through Christ has made me whiter than snow. This is the good news that this church proclaims. This is the good news that we go out. This is the good news that we bring into the darkness of our region and through the world. And this is the good news that empowers us to defend those that can't defend themselves, the unborn. And the good news that empowers us to make this church a place of refuge for hurting moms who believe that there is no more hope. There's a woman in this church who 35 years ago had an abortion. And two years ago, she approached me. She has found forgiveness and healing in the cross of Jesus Christ alone. But with tears in her eyes, she said to me, where was someone? How come nobody told me of how this would affect me? How come nobody stood in between me and that abortion clinic. If only someone would have been standing there that day to save me from this decision. Brothers and sisters, 35 years from now, may that never be said in this region. May it never be said that no one was standing in between that scared mom and that abortion clinic. May it never be said in this region that people didn't know because we are the ones that are going out as champions of the light of the good news of Jesus Christ. It means that today it is not an option to do nothing. It means the only option is to say, yes, Lord, send me salt of the earth, light of the world, bringing hope and life into a lost and dying world. We talk a lot in this society about choice and the power of having choice. Well, we have a choice today. We have a choice today as the people of God at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church to build a culture of life in this region on mission as citizens of the kingdom of God. May we pray.
Our Father and our God, Lord, it's in this moment that we look to you for hope and for healing. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that does not know that they have a sin-sick soul, may they look to Jesus and to him alone. May they surrender their lives. They came in today as an orphan, but they can leave today as a child of God, not based on anything they've done, but based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. He became sin so that you today could become the righteousness of God. Lord, if there's any women here today that are hurting because of previous decisions, may they know that there is forgiveness and redemption found in the cross of Jesus Christ, that this church is a place of zero condemnation, that you can find refuge here and hope and healing. And may we, as the people of God, say yes to the call, realizing we were not called to sit, but we were called, empowered by the good news of Jesus Christ to go out into a lost and dying world to be sought and to be light, bringing life in the midst of death for your glory and for the sake of your kingdom. Amen.